welcome back to Hour 3 of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with our uh, guest, uh, Joe Giles. In this hour, I want to talk about, we're going to be talking about, uh, you know, one thing that's been all over the news. We're talking about these these transgender um, gay activists. I call them activists because, you know, what they're doing is they don't want to just live their lives and and be left alone they want they want to now indoctrinate now one thing i want to point out is that that doesn't represent the entire community i don't want anybody to think that it actually in my opinion it seems like it represents a um a small radical element of the community uh that are pushing this radical agenda i don't i don't need I don't really understand what the motivation is to indoctrinate little killed, little kids, but to me, I consider it uh, uh, being sexual predators, and and I it's I don't know how is that somehow okay now? You know, it's like it seems to be the Democrat Party seems to be okay with this, and and they're promoting it. You know, e- even the other and and like what happened at the at the White House the other day. You know, a couple of people exposing themselves. Anyway, I've got a a, a guest on the phone. Um, his name is Michael Kelly. Michael, can you hear me? Okay. Yes. Okay. Good. Okay. So, I got connected with Michael the other day. I saw an interesting article that he had posted on social media, uh, which was t- titled "Disgendered." <laughs> And it he he has a website called councilworks.com, and it's a really good website. You should check it out. And if you haven't read this article, Disgendered, that he wrote, you should read it. It, it really, really, I think, um, explains some things very, very good. So, hey, um, Michael, why don't you just tell everybody a little about yourself and how you ended up doing what you're doing? Okay, sure. Well, um, I've been a Christian counselor now for about 20 years, and uh, I'm nearing retirement age. I'm about 66, will be this year, and uh, counseling is not my first vocation. I started out as a landscape architect uh, back in the early days, Uh, but I became a counselor because of uh, some spiritual events in my life as well as some uh, traumatic experiences. Uh, going through a very difficult divorce. Um, but uh, as far as the article is concerned, uh, I was privileged earlier this year to be a part of uh, what lawmakers were doing here in Indiana. Of course, I'm I'm speaking to you today from my home in beautiful Indianapolis. And uh, so... I love that part of the country, by that, the way. I grew up in Ohio. Yes, it's a it's a, it's the heartland of the country, and there's a good reason why they call it that or refer to it that way. Um, the reason uh, for writing the article was because of something that I took notice of uh, as I was uh, giving expert testimony to Indiana lawmakers, and that had to do with uh, something that I learned back in seminary back while I was working on getting my master's degree in counseling, I had a very uh, wise counseling professor who once told me, he said, Mike, whatever you do, don't take away someone's method of coping without giving them something healthier in return. And I said, Dr. Barber, I just want to, I just want them to stop doing those things that are unhealthy and dysfunctional for them and are hurting people around them. I just want to help them to quit doing that. And he said, Mike, be very careful. He said, uh, if you take away someone's method of coping without giving them something healthier in return, they might choose to do something even more destructive uh, than what they're already doing. And so as I'm uh, going through this lawmaking process, helping uh, lawmakers to understand that that population that you referred to earlier, um, it became obvious to me that I needed to do something. Uh, that is, as the law was taking away their method of coping with a traumatic experience that happened in their life, 
uh, I vowed to myself that I needed to offer them something healthier uh, to replace that with. And as a Christian, uh, or uh, depending on your audience, I hope there, that, um, that other Christians who might be listening uh, will recognize that Christ is our healthiest uh, method, way of coping, because he offers us something that no other institution, no uh, other religion in the world can give us, and that is a willingness for him to take responsibility for the things that have happened to us and to offer himself a sacrifice uh, in place of our need to gain revenge or retribution. He is the satisfaction of justice. And so this article that I've written and posted on social media and on my website, I hope people do avail themselves of that. Uh, it is intended uh, to come from a place of love and of understanding and of compassion, not of condemnation. Um, because the article uh, that I wrote really identifies the root cause for uh, how people enter into the LGBTQ community. Uh, it comes from a place of injury and trauma, and uh, what we're witnessing is their reaction to that injury. And one of the things that, uh, that I like to talk about is uh, the subconscious, uh, the limbic brain. That is the fight flight, or freeze part of our thinking, and it can take over our thinking in as little as a tenth of a second, uh, 100 milliseconds, and it will think for us and behave for us without us having to do anything. Of course, that's a protective feature of the way God created us. You know, uh, um, Michael, uh, I've, on, on that yeah. point, I have talked about yeah. that sort of thing before uh, on other topics in which how a lot of things that we do in our daily lives just is is kind of like a little bit like we're on autopilot. It's like it's like you learn how to do something and you know, after you've done it a little bit, your subconscious mind kind of takes over and says, oh, okay, I can, I can do that from, for you from here on out. And, and now you can focus on other things like, you know, like people uh, talk about the things about how they're a good multitasker. And it's like, and, and I don't believe there is any such thing as multitasking. I think there is, there is a way in which you can switch between one task to the other very quickly, but your focus is typically just on, on a certain thing. So your subconscious mind relieves you of a lot of that uh, effort to to constantly have to think about every little thing that you do. Yes, well put. And uh, one of the issues that that uh, the population we're talking about is is that the, these things are subconscious. It takes over without your awareness, and so we begin doing things, acting in certain ways uh, that it sort of dictates or motivates uh, and. Uh, we just don't have awareness of, of the connection between the, the traumatic event that causes us to adopt new, new ways of, of living. You know, one thing I have noticed, uh, Michael, is that I have, um, throughout my life, interacted with, the, interacted with a lot of people in the gay community. And one thing that seems to be a very, very common thread between a lot of them, and a lot of them don't want to admit that this ever caused them a problem, um, is uh -huh. that at some point when they were a, a little child, they were sexually yeah. abused by a family member or an uncle or maybe a stepdad. Uh, some adult in some way traumatized them when they were a little kid. And I've heard this story over and over again between a lot of people in the gay community. And, uh -huh. and I'm not saying that there aren't uh, people out there that actually uh, were born thinking this way because I have met those kind of people too. But what I'm saying is that a lot of people out there that are not living a very happy life um, that experienced these things when they were a child and then came to conclusions on their own uh, because they didn't get any help at the time for what happened to them. Right. Yes. Uh, and without uh, a good... A, a way of discovering this connection, this subconscious connection, 
um, people are just going to act out. Uh, it's natural to them. Uh, having been successful with um, working with this group, um, I have discovered that they have the capacity to become different people as long as someone can help them to identify and understand how the trauma has impacted them. Mm -hmm. uh, most people have difficulty making that connection because it's, it's the, the subconscious mind uh, works in abstract sort of uh, thinking um, based on feelings rather than logic. Well, you know, that's one thing I'm often talking about with the uh, with the progressive movement and the people on the left. They often react to everything based on feelings, not necessarily logic. And I, and I see that a lot. And, yes, well, and what you're identifying are um, what we call in psychology triggers. Um, as soon as as soon as we begin experiencing something similar to what we have in the past, this limbic brain, uh, fight, flight, or freeze part of our brain tries to take over, and oftentimes it does, and it immediately assumes that we are experiencing the same thing that happened to us earlier in life. Well, that's working on an assumption that we're experiencing the same thing. Oftentimes we don't, um, and I will tell you that having posted this article, um, I've gotten mostly uh, very positive uh, reactions from people who've read it, probably well over a thousand people now, um, but the only um, pushback I've gotten has been from the LGBT community who have allowed their limbic brains to... Um, make them think that they are being attacked. You know, I, I read I read no the way. article, Michael, and I once I started reading yeah. it, I couldn't stop reading it. I didn't, you know, a lot of time when I read an article and it seems to be attacking somewhere and you know, it's very confrontational, kind of makes me cringe a little bit. But uh, that article yeah. that she wrote in no way made me feel that way at all. It was, it, it really... It, it it looks like the article came from a, a you know a very non-confrontational um, place of love in which it's like well this is this is information I'm sharing with you and you can you know do with it what you want but I think exactly. the, the main thing about it is is that especially if you you know we have any any teenagers or, or young children out there or parents of young children that are experiencing issues. This would be a really good article to read because it could help you understand how you're feeling about things, and it could help you. It could help you with your life going forward because, you know, one thing that I've noticed about people in the gay community they they don't necessarily live in, in an easy life. Their life is complicated and difficult. A lot of them, a lot of right. them, go through the life, go through their life uh, without having a family, without having a stable relationship. Um, they're generally not very happy, um, and and that happens a lot. And it's like. That's the thing that really bothers me a, a lot about them trying to indoctrinate these children in school. It's like they're trying to set them on a path in which they really, really seriously reduce their chances of having a happy, normal adult life. Yeah, and Rebecca, sometimes I wonder about those efforts to indoctrinate children um, because of the trauma that uh, the community we're talking about has experienced, uh, yet they, they have difficulty making the connection between their conscious mind and their subconscious mind. Uh, they don't associate the trauma with, with uh, what they're feeling compelled to do and to be like. Uh, sometimes I think the indoctrination uh, might come from a couple of different places. And, of course, this is speculation, uh, uh, and because uh, this is a relatively new, uh, it's not new, but uh, it's become very, um, uh, oh, what's the word I'm looking for, very um, commonplace now uh, for us to be thinking about it and, and witnessing it. 
but um, I think the indoctrination might come from a place where, oh, I'm sorry, I meant to say that um, uh, because it is so common now, our research into this topic is is really kind of uh, fallen short. Uh, we don't really have a whole lot of measurements that we've been able to make about this group so far. But I think going back to the indoctrination issue again, um, I think I wonder if they're not uh, trying to uh, educate children um, to protect themselves. And, and the behavior might be saying, hey, uh, look at what happened to me. Um, this could happen to you. And I, and I wonder, I don't think they're making that logical conclusion, uh, but I wonder if, if that's not what some of their attempts might be. Hmm. Uh, and I think on the other hand, uh, the obvious answer is because they are feeling excluded, they are feeling dysphoric about being – they recognize they don't fit in as mm-hmm. as the as well as they would want to and i think part of it is trying to gain some of that social acceptance uh because they really just can't figure out why they have these uh disparaging feelings that uh that are different than other people sure yeah no i i can see that it's like uh growing you know being a child and growing up and not feeling like you fit in can be um, really difficult as a child, and you're looking for some kind of connection. And I, I'm just, oh yeah, I, I, I you know, I don't, I don't even know the. Pro- I was thinking about this. I don't even know the right way that you would deal with this. It's like, you know, I, I think that what some of these school counselors are doing is they're, they're diagnosing them and pushing them in a certain direction rather than just listening to them. Yeah, and I think a lot of it, Rebecca, is that uh, kids are self-diagnosing themselves these days. And and e- any uh, any counselor or uh, person uh, who works with children who hears that a child has dysphoric feelings, that's really about the only criteria that you need to have in order to uh give someone that diagnosis. By the way, Joe and Stella, if you want to hop in and if you have some a comment to make that you're thinking about, feel free. Thank you. Ste- uh, by the way, uh, Stella, Michael, uh, Stella is my, my co-host on, here on the show, and then I've got uh, Joe here as our, our sitting guest for the day. Awesome. Well, yeah. uh, Stella, I've heard something about you uh, in talking with Rebecca before. It's so nice to meet you, and, and my pleasure, Joe. It's great to meet you, too. Hello, Mike. (laughs) (laughs) So, let's see. There's a term that's out there that, you know, often gets politicized and talked about a lot. And honestly... You trying to destroy the studio there, Stella? And one more trick. Stella's been doing a lot of destruction today. I'm telling you. Um, so she she well, blew out all the power all during the break on the last break, and it's like I like to never got everything back up in time. Uh, um, so this this term conversion therapy, which on uh, the which often gets thrown out there, which Personally, that term creeps me out an awful lot. It, it kind of makes me think of yeah. you know putting someone in a little room under a bright light and and brainwashing them or something. It's like that's a really right. really bad term. I I do not like that term. Yeah, for good reason. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but it is a term that came from probably the seventies, the nineteen seventies, uh, to identify the kind of therapy that was being done with the first group of, of disgendered folks uh, that, would been, that would have been the homosexual or gay community. And uh, a lot of parents really put pressure on, on counselors to convert their children back to uh, a cisgender view. Uh, and of course, it didn't work very well, if ever, um, because uh, psychologists really didn't understand the disorder and how it began. Now, you had, uh, I know when you and I had a conversation the other day on the phone, we were talking about uh, the 
uh, lack of qualified therapists out there. And, you know, another thing that we often see in the medical community nowadays is the push towards drugs or uh, some kind of Adderall. Adderall, antidepressants. Antidepressants are really, really bad. There's a lot of people that are probably, you know, it's like, well, I don't know what's wrong with you, so I'm going to give, give you an antidepressant. You know, send you on, or, right. on your way. And, uh, and, and same thing with medical inf- uh, you know, interventions. Rather than trying to, you know, you got a medical doctor, it's like, well, I don't know anything about the psychology of all of this, so I'm just going to recommend a medical intervention. Right. Yeah, uh, that's really been uh, quite a problem. Uh, antidepressants are now the number two mostly prescribed uh, drugs of any class. Uh, they, they follow antihypertensives, which are those drugs uh, used to lower blood pressure, uh, which blood pressure is highly associated with stress. So mm-hmm. the, probably the top two drugs that are being prescribed now are uh, related to mental issues, and uh, and so we have uh, physicians who are uh, sort of leading the way in uh, in treating mental health uh, using pharmaceuticals. Um, by the way, uh, probably my main purpose for uh, the testimony I gave to the Indiana General Assembly had to do with the fact that that. Uh, I had been successful in helping some folks change their belief about themselves. They were no longer disgendered, but became cisgendered. Of course, disgendered is a word that I sort of made up, uh, play on words to describe the opposite or antithesis of being of one being cisgendered. You know, I never, uh, I never even heard the my, term cisgendered until the past couple of years. Yeah, I was thinking the same I, thing. I, I just I, looked I, it up. Yeah. Oh, what's it say here? Mm-hmm. Uh, it says here, cisgendered, denoting or relating to a person whose gender identity corresponds with sex, with the sex registered for them at birth, not transgender. Yeah. Yeah, I, I never even heard. Uh, did they just make that term up over the past couple of years? I I never even heard, I never even heard it, heard of it before then. Yeah. Yeah, I was, it, I was thinking the same thing. Well, yeah, it hasn't been a well-used word. Uh of course, we haven't needed to use it until uh, the transgender issue became such a such a kind of a hot button issue for the the nation. Uh, but the purpose of my testimony was to identify that there are psychological interventions that can work, um, which means that we don't have to allow medical interventions uh, be the the primary. Uh, go to for treating uh, the the dysphoric feelings that people have about themselves. So, um, okay, what was I? Oh, okay. Another um, thing I was thinking about. I mentioned this to you on our conversation on the phone the other day, Michael. Is I was talking about how yeah. everything everything seems to be politicized these days, including this, including. Um, I mean, we even saw where the the whole. Um, I call it the COVID scamdemic because I think it was a big, huge scam just perpetrated on the entire world. But the whole thing was politicized. Yeah. And, and you know, the whole thing where they were, you know, I, I didn't understand this whole thing where you had these people. I'd never seen people act like this before in which people were going and they were getting their, their you know, their uh, – I call it a death jab. They're getting their jab, and then they're proudly coming oh. out and displaying their arm. Look, I got a shot. And it's like... New York, you got a cheeseburger. You got a cheeseburger in New York? Yeah, didn't you see Palazzo was uh, giving away free cheeseburgers and french fries and a Coke if you got the shot. Uh, if you get, if you if got you, the shot. What you get a cheapskate. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were giving away $300 uh-huh. uh, incentives. Oh, and baseball tickets. I, I think I heard about and that. And a million-dollar drawing. Million do- you got it in, entered in a million-dollar lottery. Yeah. But I, I, I didn't understand people. It's like, uh, what, what's the word I'm trying to think of when you're, like, showing off uh, and, and let, well, look at me? There's a word for that. Uh, virtue signaling. There we go. They're virtually hmm. signaling that they got the shot. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, I'm you not know. familiar with that term, but yeah. Oh, you've never heard virtue uh, signaling? No, I haven't. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Well, you got a new wrinkle yeah. in your brain today, but it's Michael. It's an interesting concept. 
Yeah. I'm sorry, what? I said you got a new wrinkle in your brain today. <laughs> yes, I did. <laughs> <laughs> yes, when we learn new things, our brain literally transforms itself. Yes, you're absolutely right. It, it does. Yeah, it's called yeah. plasticity. So I love yeah. the virtue signaling mm-hmm. thing. A lot of people do that. And it's like, but, you know, that whole thing with people proudly going out and displaying their Band-Aid on their arm where they got a shot. It's like, well, why right. do I care if you got a shot? Why should that matter to mm-hmm. me? You know, it's like it's right. like it's like those pushing this uh, this agenda out there, in which mm-hmm. it's not good enough that uh, people are just leaving them alone to live their own lives and live and let live. And it's like, well, do whatever do whatever you want. You're not hurting. Why 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 do you got to force it down everybody else's throat? I never got the shot. Neither did I. Nor I. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yes. I, yeah. Did you get well, the I shot, think that's Mike? Why the- Mike, did you yes, get the I shot? Did, actually. Why'd you get the shot? Yes, I did. Uh, I think because of the uncertainty of the pandemic of the COVID virus. Mm-hmm. And um, we had something that, that sounded like it was going to help. Uh, so I just thought it was prudent. Of course, we know that, that we know that's not true now. Yeah. Hey, uh, Michael, we're coming up on a break. Um, you're you're going to okay. hang out with us, right? Because I still got a bunch of other things to sure. talk about. Okay, so, I uh, I do have to sign off at about two o'clock, so we've got about what seven or eight minutes left. Oh, you've only got about seven or eight minutes left. Yes. Oh wow. Okay, because the break is like five minutes. So, um, all right, we'll just hang out. Oh, we'll God. we'll wrap it okay. real quick. Yeah, because uh, we're um, yeah we've got about we're going into our last thirty minute segment. I was hoping to keep okay. you through the keep you through the last of the show. Yeah, I've got some prior commitments coming okay. up, so at two o'clock, I'm just going to have to. That's going to be my uh, end time. Okay. All right. Well, um, we'll keep you as long as we can. Uh, just hang hang in okay. there, and we'll be right back to you after the break. Okay. Sure will. Okay. Okay, everybody, so you're listening to Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with, uh, with our guest, um, Joe Giles. And uh, we're going to be right back. We're going to talk about this topic a little bit more. I want to talk about, uh, you know, the thing that happened in the White House the other day and get Michael's, uh, you know, thoughts on that. And I want to talk about why are churches 501c3s? And anyway, don't go anywhere. We'll be right back. Interested in getting your concealed carry permit? Perkins Protection Training offers state-approved concealed carry classes for both New Mexico and Utah, taught by a certified NRA instructor, local woman-owned and ran by husband-and-wife team since 2004. Individual coaching, ensuring every student learns according to their individual needs, complete with pre-class and follow-up tutoring. One-on-one, beginner, and advanced classes also available. Mention KDAZ for 10% off class. Call 505-238-1214. That's 505-238-1214 or on the web at PerkinsProtectionTraining.com. Are you a small business with unique skills that believes it can bring value to Sandia or our other national labs and would like to grow your national lab contract portfolio? Then listen up. Working with any of the national labs can be overwhelming. From the lengthy terms to the bureaucratic red tape, it can feel like these labs don't want to work with small businesses. Nothing could be further from the truth. They want and need exceptional small businesses to be part of their supply chain. I can help you. My name is Asa Bortz Johnson, owner of Sandia Consulting Group. I spent 10 years as a subcontract manager at Sandia Labs and can help you navigate the bureaucracy. My central objectives are to increase your firm's probability of winning a contract, minimize your administrative burden, shorten the time frame from proposal to purchase order, and maximize your firm's profit. Give me a call at 505-362-3499 or go to my website at sandiaconsultinggroup.com. Schedule your no-cost meet and greet to discuss how Sandia Consulting Group can support your mission. 
Hi, I'm Dr. Karen Genter from High Desert Chiropractic and Wellness. For 27 years, I've been helping patients by gently treating the root cause of their health issues, not just symptoms. Treatments include various chiropractic techniques and therapies, such as electrical stimulation, ultrasound and intersegmental traction, or the roller table. Let's help you be your best self by helping you achieve optimal wellness and maintain it lifelong. Located at 5310 Homestead Road Northeast, call us at 505-292-2226. Do you need a trailer to haul something around? Check out my friends at JP Trailer Sales. They've been doing business in Albuquerque for seven years. Whether you're hauling cars, landscaping equipment, dirt, or your favorite off-road toys, JP Trailers has the perfect trailer at a great price to fit your needs. They have open trailers, enclosed trailers, and can even do special orders. You'll always receive great, friendly customer service, and no appointment is ever needed. Stop by their location at 7605 San Pedro Drive, Northeast in Albuquerque, Monday through Saturday, 10 to 5 p.m. You can also call them at 505-469-1667 or 505-557-8164 or check them out on the web at flatbedtrailersusa.com. Did you realize that our skin is the largest organ of the body? How often do we pay attention to what it's telling us? Hi, I'm Tomei with Skin LLC, and we don't just cover up imperfections, we heal them. Our skin being the largest organ of the body tells a story. Beauty and skin alike are often overlooked because we get overwhelmed with so much daily input. You can learn your own skin and beauty story through the customized treatments we provide, personalized just for you. Let us give you the education, healing, rejuvenation, and restoration to support your journey. Call or text 505-918-4211, mention this ad for a free phone consultation, and visit our website at abqskinllc.com. That number again is 505-918-4211. Welcome back to the final segment of Freedom Speak with Becca Marie and Stella with our guest Joe Giles. And I have uh, my uh, guest Michael Kelly on the phone for a few more minutes here. So, um, Michael, you still with, with us there? Yeah. Okay. All right. So, I wanted to talk about, while I still got you here, this thing that happened at the White House lawn the other day. Okay. You, uh-huh. ha- you had these two individuals um, that were there, and they decided that they wanted to uh, get attention by uh, dropping their tops, okay? Now, here's, uh-huh. here's, here's my thoughts, okay? You hear all this talk about pronouns and things like that. I will yeah. call something the way I see it. If, you know, like that one, the one individual that was on there, uh, which was a male-to-female, transgender I would have never known, okay, if they wouldn't have outed outed themselves on. Pretty good. On, they looked great. I mean, you know, if <laughs> if if that if that person would have just presented themselves to me the way they look, and just living uh-huh. their life, I would have referred to them as a she. Yeah, okay, if they, if they would have had one of those Target tuck underwears. <laughs> yeah, uh-huh. tuck tuckable, but. But I don't know what their situation is, but it, it seems like to me that being as they did what they did, they showed up for that event, says, oh, look at me. I'm not really a woman. I, uh, you know, I used to be male and now I look this way. You know, it's like, you know what I'm saying there, Michael? And it's like, and then the other yeah. individual that was there, so what am I going to call this person? Well, I'm going to, this person apparently don't want to be thought of as a woman, doesn't want to necessarily live their life as a woman. They want to present themselves as something else. And like the other person that was there was a female to male, which, you know, showed their chest. Oh, look at the incisions where I had my breasts removed. And it's like, you know, it's like, so, you know, do I have the inclination now to call call that one a he and the other one a she? No, because they've they've gone out and they've and they've 
given me the message that that's not necessarily what they want to do. They don't, they didn't, why did they do what they did if they didn't want to just live their life? Like the one wanted to live their life as a woman. Okay, yeah, you, you know, you, you do that. Or the other one lived their life as a male, but now they do that. And it's like, I'm really confused. Did they, they didn't show their penises, right? They just no, showed no. their boobs, right? Yeah, right. So I think they think they the want everybody one, to think they're women. Well, not if you do that. You out yourself on national television. It's like, what is it that you want to be thought of? I as? think they want to be a woman. They they showed you their boobs, right? Yeah, but they also made it very very clear that they were not uh, a women. biological woman. Uh, I miss I miss that. Yeah, so that that that's the part that really confuses me. It's like, well, what what's your thoughts on that one, Michael? Yeah, Michael, because I think we're all confused, the nation as a whole. It's like, what is it? What is it you're trying to accomplish yeah. here? What do you want? Do you, you know, I don't, I don't get it. Yes, well, uh, the obvious thing is that they are trying to make a statement, and certainly by outing themselves, as you mentioned on national television, uh, says that they're trying to make some sort of statement. And here's what I think the statement is, um, or that we should be asking. What is it? What has happened to them that has so disgusted them with their gender that they can no longer accept it Mm -hmm. and that they are trying to demonstrate to the rest of the world um, without actually saying what happened to them, um, that they are unhappy with uh, being who they are? Well, it's Um, almost it's almost like like they're they're asking for some kind of validation, which you know, by doing what they did, by outing themselves like that, and it's like, well, why didn't you just want to go through your life and live your life in in the gender you've chosen, and instead of doing this and letting the whole world know, no, I'm not what I appear. That that that's right. Yeah. That's what's got me confused. Are yeah. are and, you not uh, happy with the decision you've made? <laughs> and are you looking right. for validation? I I don't know. Yeah. I'd like to offer you a little quote from a person. Um, I forget what she, I think she's affiliated with uh, a a university in Chicago. Her name is Mycere Keels, and I'm not going to get the quote perfect, but uh, she says, um, children will show you their distress before they are able to tell you. That makes sense. Yes. Yeah. Um, people speak without using words. And, uh, you know, the old adage of pictures worth a thousand words, uh, there's a lot being communicated in their behaviors that they're not uh, privileged to talk about um, verbally. And that's because there are oftentimes these secret packs that, de- that develop in families where the uh, people know about what's happened to the child, but but because there are other risks involved by exposing it, it has to be kept a secret. And so some people take these uh, secrets to their grave. Uh, there's an interesting thing, a uh, statistic about um, the, the, uh, this community that we're talking about is that they are one and a half times more likely, if they take their lives, to leave a note than other groups. Hmm. That might say something about what they've been unable to talk about. And um, while I'm sorry that I'm going to have to leave you, but I hope people will uh, find uh, my website and be able to read about what we've talked about today. Yes. Because I really hope that some people will be helped by this. Yeah, your uh, your website is uh, councilworks.com, and that's spelled C-O-U-N-S-E-L-W-O-R-X. Dot com and then also that article you wrote disgendered is also on there and it's it's an interesting website and you know the reason I'm mentioning this is is anybody that's out there that feels like you know I just got a lot of questions that I want to, it's good to ask questions and 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 maybe you might get the answers that you're looking for who knows so yeah. Michael thank I thank you so much for hosting you're welcome. I would like to have you on again sometime. I know we mentioned that you know, there's a lot of other topics you're interested in, too. So maybe we'll have you on a, another another time as well, Michael. Thank you for being on. Yes. That would be so wonderful and and wonderful to meet uh, your cast and crew there. And uh, hopefully we can get all back together some other time. That would be awesome. Have a great day. Thank you, Michael. Thank, Thank, come thank to Albuquerque so for a Bye beer. Now. 
Yeah, come to Albuquerque. We'll get you in the studio. You can sit in get with us. Get you a green chili cheeseburger, dude. <laughs> <laughs> okay. All right, I'll take you up on that. Okay. Okay. All right, bye now. All right, see ya. All right, that was an excellent call. Yeah. Yeah, he's, he's got a lot of knowledge um, about a lot of different things. I, I read his article uh, when I was uh, online, and it's like, it was. I couldn't stop reading it. It's like well, this is really good stuff. Yeah, and it's like like he said, they're bringing attention to themselves in a way that a child would. Like, look what I've done to myself because of what's happened to me. Yeah. But they never talked about it. They just disfigured themselves. Do you think it's it, it might even fall along the same lines of like you know you hear about people uh, cutting themselves? Yes, that's the same thing. You know, I, I I saw a news article the other day. I'm not sure if you saw this or not, but uh, this this girl, I think she's 12 years old, had a history of cutting herself, and yet her parents left her alone at the house with her little her little baby brother, and she stabbed him to death. Let's see, like who didn't know that was going to happen, right? Yeah. And the parents were aware that she was cutting herself? They were aware of that. She had a history of they it. They didn't get yeah. her no help? And then, uh, I don't know. I don't know. I don't. I, were I, they charged? Um, I think, I don't, I didn't hear about anything. I'm going to have to do some follow-up on that, because this yeah. is something I just heard a couple of days Sounds ago. Sounds like, like some kind of criminal charge yeah. to be with the parents. But would you would you leave your baby with, no. with a, a girl no. that's obviously disturbed in some no. way and has some problems? No. I mean, I've heard of people that cut themselves, they eventually sometimes will commit suicide. And but they've they're obviously trying to get some kind of attention. They've got some kind of a problem that needs to be dealt with. I certainly wouldn't leave my baby with them. I don't know a lot about suicide. I do know that and I'm a vet, so I know a lot of vets commit suicide, so that's probably something that I would be interested in getting involved with, you know, and helping. Well, you know, one uh, our our listener Mike uh, on Facebook he mentions some he mentions PTSD. He says PTSD changes the mind. Lots of times you will uh, find PTSD prevalence in the LGBTQ community, and I can understand that. It's like if if you're like being constantly sexually abused by an adult when you're a little co- a little kid, I can't even imagine what it's like what it would be like to go through something like that. I I had a really great childhood with a couple of great parents. Uh, the, ver- the the classic nuclear family, and I can't even imagine. I always felt like home was safe, and I always felt my like my parents would protect me no matter what. And I can't imagine having that that thought be you know that betrayal. Yeah, I, it's, I, that's absurd. It's crazy. And it could be anyone. I mean, the neighbor, the coach at school. There's been a lot of people accused of molesting small children, you know, and that it doesn't necessarily have to be a family member. The, it's just horrific. well, you know. Another friend, uh, our our friend Mike on uh, Facebook says the Dems are using the transgenders as sacrificial lambs, um, and and I think that's true. And I've mentioned that before about them using a lot of different groups as sacrificial lambs. I couldn't have said it better myself. Yeah, yeah. They caused cause a division, and then and then generally, um, the transgender LGBTQ community is is democratic voting community so it's it's right in their wheelhouse mm-hmm. yeah and i don't i i don't understand that any more than i understand uh, how um the black community typically votes democrat when the the democrats have never been your friends i mean the the democrats were the ones that didn't want you to be able to vote the democrats are the ones that wanted to keep you as slaves think, think about know? this Democrats think African American people are too stupid to get IDs. They said it's it's racist for for us to want voter ID because they're saying there's African Americans and or minorities that are incapable of getting IDs. If I was a black person, African American, and a political party said that I was too stupid to get ID, I would not be voting for them. You know, the thing is, I don't even think they pay any attention to the, to this stuff. I know a lot of people that uh, they um, they will vote Democrat over and over again, don't even watch the news, pay no attention to what's going on, don't research the candidates at all that are running, yeah. have no idea what platform they're running on, yeah. have no clue of history, <laughs> you know? Yeah. You know, like I talked about, about how, how the Democrats are the ones that didn't want to abolish slavery. They were the ones that 
The KKK. We were fighting against. Mm-hmm. Yeah. They were they were the ones in the white sheets on their heads lynching yeah. black yeah. people. I mean, it, it's like, and yet black people vote for them. Yeah, they did the big switch over in the 60s with uh, Lyndon Johnson. You know, the big switch. You know, the Democratic turned. They switched it around, you know, with uh, the war on poverty and um, and all that stuff, you know. I don't know. It seems like they have short memories. They've forgotten about what happened in the past. Yeah, Democrats were were bad. I mean, they they were not good good for the minorities at all. <laughs> Period. And I, and I think that uh, the the Democrat Party they they use people. Um, they don't want to really solve problems because if you solve the problem, then you no longer have it an issue as an issue that you can use. And as a matter of fact, they actually create problems and they claim that the other side created the problem and then they say oh well if you vote for us we're going to fix the problem but you caused the problem exactly just like uh, dodds and franks remember in the um what was it the early 2000s with the uh everybody has a right to own a home yeah that's where do they come up with that's ridiculous right and then and then after they had this gigantic disaster dodds and franks the people that created the problem now you have the dodds and frank banking bill and they just (laughs) caused all this regulation you know so the people that caused the problem solved the problem so it's it's crazy well just like the big pharma they they caused the problem with the pen well the big pharma didn't cause the problem itself it maybe had a part in it but look at the they brought on the the whole pandemic and then big pharma profited like crazy from all the vaccinations they they caused a solution a solution in the first they had they had the problem then they got a solution of course it made them very rich that was the whole point of the whole yeah, thing that was crazy mm-hmm. you know when i was talking about that story about the uh the two um people on the white house lawn um mike here on facebook says i think it's about acceptance the more the merrier Maybe, maybe I don't know, but I, I I'm I I'm I'm confused why somebody would go through all of that and rather than just okay it's like you you know you have the desire to live your life as a woman or you have your life desire to live your life as a man why would you out yourself and and ruin that image that people have of you I I I don't I don't get it. No, I don't. I don't get it. I'm. I'm all for people living their lives the way they want. You know, but I don't know. So you know, another topic I wanted to hit um, is this thing. You know, with churches being five hundred one c three corporations. Now, I believe that okay, they want a tax tax exempt status. I think that's what that's all about, right? Correct. So, so. But then along with that comes, comes rules. You're kind of letting the government get your, their hooks in you a little bit. And it kind of makes me wonder that during the scandemic, you, you had a lot of these churches just roll over and shut down. Okay? Did it have anything to do with these 501c3 uh, corporations? Were That's they a great af- question. Were they afraid that they were going to lose their 501c3 status? Well, 501c3 is not just tax-exempt. They get money from the government. It's not just tax-exempt. Oh, really? Yeah, they get they get financing from the government. So you, you might be right if that cuts them down. A lot of these churches are really big and fancy. Is it all the, the tithes people pay in there, or is it for the money they're getting from the government? Hmm. I've often wondered that. I didn't know the government was financing churches. That's probably not a good thing. Well, and they get this. They don't call it finance. They call it grants and stuff like this. You know that they, it's still money that they're getting. Yeah, but great. they don't call it financing. Yeah, that's that's not good. I mean, we're so, we're supposed to have separation of the church and the state. Mm-hmm. I mean, that's clearly state. Well, that's what people are always screaming all the time. Yeah, except for when it benefits them. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I you know, I um I personally uh, believe that uh, churches should not uh, do this 501c3. I don't believe that they should have themselves aligned with the government at all nope. because I think it makes them afraid to speak out. And you know, just pay the just pay the stupid taxes. Just pay the taxes. Yeah. You know? Pay the taxes, do what a church is supposed to do, and speak out. You know, like this referendum we've got going on right now. 
um, in which actually I, I, I commend the, uh, some of these churches are coming out and they're promoting this referendum and they're having, uh, they're letting people set up tables at their churches and get signatures. Well, like impe- impeachment. Political? Is that, that going to work? What, the referendum? Yeah. You haven't heard of the referendum? No, no, no. You need to get your signature on it. Really? Well, what is it? Okay, you know, recently uh, in the recent uh, um, legislature where they passed a whole bunch of these really unconstitutional uh, things in which basically they're going to make it okay for the schools to indoctrinate your children and and for them not to tell the parents what's going on. Start them on It involves also uh, some serious uh, violations of the Second Amendment as well. Right. Um, they, they discussed this stuff in the legislature and decided they were going to pass these laws without a vote. And they will go in, into effect here pretty soon unless something's done. Well, the referendum process, what the, how that works is that we collect enough signatures, we get those things on the ballot, and then we have a chance to vote them down. It's just the state of New Mexico, right? State of New Mexico. Yeah, they, okay. they, she actually signed a, a, a bill. Is that why that she's giving everybody 500 bucks? No, but this is different, <laughs> that uh, the school can start gender transformation on your child without your knowledge or your consent. Well, I would take my kid out of that school. <laughs> no kidding, I would too. Yeah. You know, a lot. Unfortunately, I think a lot of parents are in this spot to where they're just barely getting by, and probably both parents are working. Yeah. And uh, they're, you know, they and they can't afford to send their kids off to school, or they to another to a private school, or they can't. Uh, they don't have the time to homeschool them, and so they're stuck in this in this spot. But I don't know. As a, if I was a parent, I would find a way. Well, what makes me mad is you know the schools are financed through our property taxes right so Mm -hmm. i'm paying property taxes for a school that's not teaching the kids i don't have any kids in school you know i think um you know it's you're 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 man it's mandatory that you pay for this stuff you have no choice yeah so i got a couple of uh interesting uh clips from social media in which uh, you've got I've got two different ones here um, in which the uh, there's you know a guy out here street preaching okay I, I think that's great street pre- this is in Pennsylvania where this guy's just reading Bible verses he's protesting against one of these LGBT uh, um, things in in the street and it's like I think he has a right to do yeah. that you know it's America right Um they're, they're out there, and he's out there speaking out against it because that's what he believes. Well, so those of you that are watching the, the live stream, you'll get to see the video for this, too. Um, if not, you can hear the audio. Um, but listen, listen to this, what's going on here. This is, this is outrageous. He's saying this is public property, and the cop is talking to him. And, and and he's just out there holding a sign, and he's out there preaching, doing some street preaching. Oh, here I'll put it on the screen. There we go. And so what? What's the cop do? The cop arrests the guy. The guy's not being violent. Getting this he's, on film. Yeah. So what's wrong with the policeman? I mean, there's got to be something mentally wrong with this police sergeant. I agree. I mean, why are they doing this? Why? why? I mean, he's been instructed to. What's his charge? I cannot believe I'm watching. Yeah, I'd like to know. I even I even heard them at one point. Look, look at this. There's like three of them. Yeah, three. He's not resisting arrest. No, he's not resisting arrest. He didn't even have to put him in cuffs. Yeah, he could have just said, "Hey, get in the car. We're going to go downtown." God bless you, brother. (laughs) Crazy. Yeah, I mean, each individual police officer has to be able to to understand that some of the stuff they do is just crazy. Like, that is crazy. Like, I would never do that. No. Why? Why would you? There's no reason to. You know, 
Why did this guy have to? This guy wasn't being violent. Why not just let him do? You know, he could be out there holding his sign, and, you can, and if they let you use, I mean, actually go to the bathroom on the sidewalk and be naked running around, and that's okay. But you can't preach the word of God. You well, can't. yeah, I mean, you're you're allowed to you're allowed to be out in public. You're allowed to pitch a tent in, on a on a public sidewalk and illegally camp. You're allowed to take a squat and take a dump on the sidewalk right there. You know. You know, showing everything to the public. You're allowed to do that, and you don't get in trouble for that. But this guy, oh, what he did is what, just terrible. What city was that? That was in Pennsylvania. I'm not sure what city it was. That's crazy. Yeah, I, you you smoke fentanyl out there. You know, they sit there with the little aluminum foil and they they smoke fentanyl and get high. You, but they do it right here on the Central. Yeah, of, uh, yeah, they do New, it everywhere in here in Albuquerque. You, yeah, New York Pizza. They're sitting there and they're cooking whatever sad isn't it yeah and you're just watching them and the cops it is so sad yeah Co- cops can't do any they don't do anything about no. it yeah so but if you stand up and preach they'll yeah if you toss you to the ground <laughs> yeah they could have just been like all right come with me buddy he probably would have went they didn't have to cuff him well yeah it's like what, what is the problem yeah well you know i was uh, a while back i was buying some stereo equipment for my vehicle and i was at one of the uh, stereo shops in town and um they uh I, I I was out there about ready to drive away, and there was this this guy right up next to the building uh, taking a dump right there, right there, at the <laughs> right in front of me. I was like, I don't want to see this. What? <laughs> and he didn't have any toilet paper either, right? So he had to use the karate chop. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't know what he was wiping with, but uh, oh, I don't think God. there wasn't any toilet That's here paper. in Albuquerque, right? That was here in Albuquerque, Welcome yes. to Albuquerque. Yeah, yeah. That's the sort of thing that happens. Land of and, enchantment. And people don't get in trouble for that. And I'm, hear- I'm hearing of them talking about making these new laws against things that are already against the law. Well, for for example, what what are you talking about? Like for instance, there used to be uh, people used to be arrested for vagrancy. Yeah. Okay. Now, camping on the on a sidewalk is not legal, yet they're not doing anything about it. Well, there there was a rule that it 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 couldn't be a small median strip. It has to be a larger one. So if they're in a small median strip, they can be arrest it but if they're in the large median strip it's okay then that came from mayor keller's office okay so this is another one i want before we run out of time crazy right this is one. this is a video from florida okay i love florida (laughs) i do too don't break his heart (laughs) yes sir i can't do that i can't do that this guy's just out on the on the sidewalk preaching. You guys get that? You guys get that? Yeah, I have a yeah, I have a yeah, equipment. I do. This guy looks like such a criminal, don't he? Yeah. But they got like the SWAT yeah. out there. Yeah. Man, we try to move in. You're gonna go jail with them. They're asking him as a permit to be on a public sidewalk preaching. There, you're under arrest. You're under arrest. That's it. You got like one, two, what, five cops there arresting this guy. Roman centurions. <laughs> Yeah. <laughs> Kill the Christians. Right. They break out a lion here in the end. Get him chewed up by Throw a lion. Throw him into the lion pit. <laughs> the lion pit's a bunch of transgender dudes all dressed up in leopards, you yeah. <laughs> oh He's preaching as they're arresting him. God so, bless that guy. Say, so, hey, guys, we're out of time, believe it or not. I just have one last question. Okay. So when you were at the... Um, the Clinton Library? Yes. Was the dress there? Clinton Library massage parlor, the blue dress. The dress. No, I did not see that there. The dress. I was looking for the it. Dress. The dress wasn't there. <laughs> he would bring up the dress. <laughs> the dress. The That's what I was thinking. Dress. So everybody, um, send your questions and comments to Freedom Speak at uh, 
at Becca at freedomspeaknm.com. Check out our website, freedomspeaknm.com. You can listen to replays of any of the shows that you missed. You can also uh, catch our live show Friday mornings, 9 a.m. to noon on Rumble. Just go to the website, click on the Rumble link. Uh, check out our Facebook page. I post a whole lot of stuff on there. Check us out on Twitter, Telegram, Truth Social. And uh, you can also get the podcast at SoundCloud, Spotify, Stitcher, Apple, iTunes. Like, follow, subscribe, all of that good stuff. Also, check out my late night show Saturday night on Rumble as well. Freedom is essential to everyone. Liberty and freedom are rights, not privileges. Divided we are weak, together we are strong. It's time for us all to stand up, open our eyes, reject division, and tell the Marxists and those pushing the woke agenda and hate. Hell no. We won't comply. And what do we say, Stella? We are the resistance. resistance. <laughs> <Ooh>, uh. <laughs> that was fun. <laughs>